Hey, 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 welcome to the Thriving Minds Podcast with your host, Walter Parada, where we strive to provide you with empowering talks so you can live to thrive. I hope you find yourself in the right frame of mind, focusing on the things within your control. So today's episode is about processing mixed emotions. And that's actually something I was processing, and I had a friend hear me out to help me work through things. When I, when you, when I hit you up, you sounded like, you were kind of out of it, and I just felt like, you know, I, I, I've been there sometimes, you know, I've been there a lot of times, but I just, like, in moments like this, you might, you might find, you might find the answer to whatever you're looking for, or you might uh, be able to see your situation from a different angle when you get to listen to yourself, in a way, yeah. you know, and um, yeah. I don't know what it is in particular that you was going through or experiencing, but I feel like the last conversation we had, we spoke a lot about um, we were kind of all over, but we weren't. I feel like one of the things I kind of got out of it is about like being able to push through like times where it seems like it's easier to to lay down. Not saying yeah. you're going to quit or anything. You just needed a break, you know, and sometimes I think it's important and we have to know when to tell ourselves, hey, I need a break from this. Because a lot of times we push ourselves and exert ourselves past our limits and then we end up hurting people in our personal lives or at work or ourselves, you know? So you definitely need to take a break sometimes from certain things before you end up snapping on somebody for sure. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But I, I just felt like maybe you wanted to pod today. Maybe today would have been a good pod to just kind of hear yourself and kind of get out what, what's been bothering you or whatever. Yeah. So actually uh, I told you, you know, I was uh, helping coach high school football, right. For one of the local high schools here. Yeah. And Friday was our last game and it was kind of a heartbreaker and, and um, you know, last uh, game of the season and, you know, mixed emotions, uh, but just I was processing everything that went on through the season. Like, uh, like a couple of players asked, Hey, uh, coach, you coming back? And oh. like I said, I don't, I don't know, man, you know, cause my plan is I, I want to get back to Florida. You know, I want to be close to my mom. Um, right. but, but what makes it difficult is like Juma, these, these kids are more impressive than most adults I ever met. So what's that say? Kind of like they inspire I don't know. Like, I feel like, you know, like when we're, when we're kids, right. I yeah. feel like intuitively remember how we talked about, um, trusting yourself. And I, I think as, as a kid, you're more willing to trust yourself. And then as, as you come of age, you're constantly being told by others or you're getting the results, negative results, right? You're being told you can't do this. You can't do that or whatever grade you got on the test was low or wasn't good enough and eventually life beats you down right yeah, and then yeah. that's why that's why you see kind of like a lot of adults just on autopilot i guess is what you would say and and um you know these kids that i got to or not these kids but these young men that are are turning into young men I don't know. They just, they were full of energy. They were willing to listen. They don't really have an ego. Like they know it all. 
And yeah. it was just, it was awesome to be a part of that. And maybe because it was the final game of the season, I was like, damn, Walter, it's over, you know? And I mean, like, I'd like to come back, but I got this business to run, you know? Um, and those kids made a, these young men have made a positive impact on my life. Right. And it was great to be a part of a team. You know what I mean? Because like, um, and I told them last week, uh, last week was their, their final home game. And I said, listen, for most of you, you guys are never going to play football again in an organized way. And this is a special moment in your guys' lives because you're not going to get this type of uh, camaraderie wherever you go. Would you agree? Yeah, more, more than none. Yeah. Like, I feel they, they might not be in that type of environment for real. They might go to the workhouse and they might have like that fake, like the Home Depot, we used to have a fake chair and stuff and a fake commodity, but it was bullshit. <laughs> it was bullshit. I never played football, but I can only imagine it's like y'all are out there and y'all got to have each other's back. I think that's the only thing you can really compare it to, like being warriors, you know? Outside of that, uh, but I can't really speak on that because I never really got to play football, but I've been, my brother, my brother's uh, stepkids, they're, but one of them is playing football, and that was, it was their last game yesterday, I believe. And they had a homecoming the Friday. So, and they like, man, I think they only scored like two touchdowns this whole season. Oh, yeah. Yeah, but they're like uh, 11U or 12U. So they're, they're still young. Uh -huh. They're still really oh, young. Oh, yeah. There's a new team, yeah. and all, none of the kids really knew each other. It was just like parents wanting to get their kids involved and kids who wanted to play who never played before. So it definitely showed me that you have to kind of build chemistry and like the coaches have to be involved, you know, like, I don't know. I don't know if they're trying to live out through kids or what it is, but like most of the, like before the game, I didn't see them running any drills oh, or practicing wow. or anything. Yeah, like before the game, they would just sit down, have a talk, and then head out on the field for the game, which to me, that would strike me as that's kind of weird. I ain't going to like try to at least run a couple drills or anything like that. Like, it just mm -hmm. seemed like the, the staff there, the coaching staff ain't really, they weren't really involved like they could have been or gave the kids more. But I'm not mm -hmm. saying it's an easy job either. It's probably really tough, you know. But, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah you, you're you're right. I, I mean, like, um, I'm pretty sure you heard the the term "coaching matters," right? Yeah. I I mean, uh, it there needs to be like a level of organization and, and whatever it is, right? Uh, leadership matters, and there's a difference between leadership and just calling the shots, right? A leader yeah. picks people up. They say, "Hey, how can I serve you so you can be your best self." You know, someone who calls the shots is just like, you just do what I say. Yeah, and, yeah. Right? And um, I don't know, Juma, it was just like, that's kind of what I was going through. Like, I was just trying to, so yesterday was recovering from, like, I barely could even watch uh, TV. I was just dozing off. And, and and today I was just trying to process, like, 
damn man, I, I may never, or I would, I don't want to say those words, right? Because our words are powerful, but yeah, for sure, that was a very unique experience. It was draining too, man. Like, yeah, it's um, a lot of dedication, man. To do whatever you have to do throughout the day, and then go dedicate yourself for another six or six or eight hours to kids. You know, yeah, to get them prepared for the next game, running drills and all the 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 little things, you know, to get the guys better and the plays and the practicing and getting to know the players individually and seeing their weaknesses and developing their strengths and dealing with parents sometimes. And I ain't gonna yeah. lie, I don't feel this seemed like it was more drama than football going on. Yeah, well, you know what's interesting? Maybe because you know, I, I only got to work with uh the the secondary, you know, the corners and the safeties. I had a small group. Uh okay. I didn't really have to I re I really didn't have to deal with that that side of it. But what was interesting, I don't know, maybe uh I don't know about about you, but like when you reflect on things, would you say, hey man, I could have done this better, I could have done th that better? Cause yeah. I, Right. And uh, I'll just share with you, you know, like, so Friday night, there was a couple plays we let up and I felt I, in my head and I told one of the other coaches I was like, damn, man, I, I didn't prepare our players enough for that. You know, so it's always like that. Um, man, I could have been better for them. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah, that's a leader. You, that's a leadership role. Like you said, you just kind of take it personal, like. You could have did better and then you become really self-reflective and almost like you start talking down on yourself when you don't get the results that you want or expect yeah it, it's um i don't know like it, it, in a way um i gotta say i wasn't as committed to coaching right because like remember how i told you before like everywhere i went to i've always been the one that causes a strife right yeah yeah you, you know like would you say even when we played backyard football like i'd kind of rub people the wrong way i mean and be honest i a few a few people but not me because i most of the time you were standing on something that was principle and I, like most of the time i agree with you with some of the stuff you're doing it might have seemed extreme to other people in some ways but <laughs> I'm like, nah, it makes sense. It just made sense, you know? But, you know, and I'm not saying that because you're my friend, dog, but for real, like, sometimes when people are like-minded, you're going to see, like, yeah, that kind of makes sense. Even, like, and I was always one person to see it from different people's perspectives. And most of, I don't know, I just think you took certain things way more serious than other people. Oh. You're, yeah. you're, you're a bit of a fanatic, I would say, but in a healthy way. It wasn't like it wasn't like you were trying to bully anybody or boss anybody around. <laughs> but you'll be like, hey, like I'm trying to remember some things like specifically before I just say anything, you know. Because um, I, I remember there was a, be a few times like I kind of like, um, you know, uh, lose my cool. You know, I'd be yelling at people. And, and honestly, this past year and, and, and then some, 
I'd say I, I've developed so much more, right? It's like, it's not just what you say, it's how you say it. Yeah, big facts, bro. And, um, well, I'm glad you point that out because I would struggle with this. I'm like, uh, like everywhere I went, uh, the conclusion was like, hey, Walter, you know what? You're the problem, but you're the problem because maybe you do take this seriously because um, we, we want to get better. You know, I told somebody like at this, uh, at this last place I, I offered my services at, it was a lot of things boiling over, like just complete, I think below mediocrity is w what I saw it as. And, um, yeah. you know, this, this person who, who kind of runs the thing, I don't know. It's just very like, they don't know leadership, but they said, Hey, what's going on? What's wrong? I was like, man, you know, the way you guys are doing it is, is freaking unorganized. You know, I worked, it was an agricultural, uh, company and, and I, I told them, listen, man, there's a lot of like gaps that are being left out. Um, we're not doing the simple things correct. And I eventually just told them, uh, I want growth for myself and I want growth for everybody. So part of that is me, me being accountable to myself, but also accountable to other people. I want other people to experience success. And that might come, that might come off as a bit much, right? Yeah. And then later I realized, Walter, you are the problem, but not in a bad sense, you know? Right maybe it's just the ambition that drives and everybody else is just like just working there for a check. You know yeah. how we talked about survival? Yeah. So everybody else is surviving. I was continuously striving to thrive. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. I hear you. I hear you. And what you said makes so much sense because sometimes people don't want the best for themselves and you trying to push them or open their eyes to like, hey, we could do better. It's like, they're not really questioning it, but they already feel that they are, or maybe they don't care to do better. Or they're doing their best, you know? Yeah. And it, it's sad, cause you know, like really, I feel like it goes back to like, I think it's gonna be like a, a reoccurring thing. Like the, the whole, you should invest money thing. <laughs> yeah. It's like you want you want to be able to tell people like, hey, we're doing things the wrong way. I feel like that's what that's part of it. Like you need like letting people know what's wrong exactly. And then when it comes to like the people who want to do better, they're going to want to. But for some, I just feel like. For some, it's like it's survival, you know, and then you have to really get invested in those people who don't see it in themselves. And then the question then becomes, are you going to take the time to invest in this person to be better? You know? Yeah. But they also yeah. have to take accountability. You can't do the work for them, but you can help them, you know? And I think it's so much easier nowadays for people just to like, just to, like we were just saying, just tell people what to do. Yeah. Instead of being like, how can I help you? Or being a, a, a true leader. You know, I'm not saying you got to hold anybody's hand, but some people need guidance and some people need motivation. Like nobody's going to be motivated with somebody just yelling them, barking at them what to do, you know? Yeah, that that's right. You know, like when I first, like when I first started coaching, right. Uh, honestly, like I didn't want to be a coach. I wanted to be, uh, 
a, a mental conditioning resource because that's where it all starts from, right? Our self-talk dictates our behaviors, right? So if I'm always being down on myself, you think I'm going to behave in a way that is going to set me up for success, right? After I define success and, you know, but uh, I understood, you know, most people are not going to grasp the mental side of it because they can't see it, right? If, yeah. I, if I tell them I'm a strength and conditioning coach, oh yeah, then, oh yeah, we'll go lift weights, right? You'll see, you'll see your muscles getting bigger or if right. we're going to run you and, you know, you're, you eventually can run over long distance of time or long periods right. of time. But when I first started, I was like real easy, you know, I was like, Hey man, uh, I'm just here for whatever you guys need. And, um, but you know, over, we built the relationship, you know, some of those kids said some very like impressive things that I wouldn't, I, I haven't even heard most adults say, you know, like, I don't know. They just made my experience very, very pleasant. And then the mixed emotion is like, it's over. And like I said, you know, trying to get back to Florida, be closer to my mom. Yeah. Um, I don't know. And I just kind of feel stuck, right? Trying like to- like your phone, being torn, you know? Cause it seems like those, those kids, that group of kids, they, they kind of like inspire you. And one thing about life is like, you could go through periods and periods of feeling like just like you're in a, the cycle you're just on the go on the hamster wheel and sometimes along the way you find like that light or that moment of like wow i feel something i feel inspired i feel motivated you know on the other hand you're also motivated by being there for your mom which is a very strong connection a strong bond like i know how much you love your mother you know i love your mom i, I still remember her how kind she is every time i come by the ice tea she used to make everything man like loving really loving family you know and i get it like you want to be there too you want to be able to support and help your family too you know so i kind of i kind of get where you at it's like a, almost a fork in the road yeah right these uh right it's these uh what do we call these defining moment or not defining moments but yeah these pivotal moments to see, Hey, where are you going to take your life at? Right. Cause yeah. honestly, you know, like my high school football team was not, honestly, I felt like the outcast. I was always the outcast and maybe that's, that was me naturally. Right. I was the outcast. Right. With this team that I got a coach, it seemed very tight knit, you know, like they didn't care if you were scrub or, or if you're the top guy, I mean, you got treated well. Yeah. And I, that was very admirable, you know, so, yes, it's interesting what I'm going to do next because um, I'm committed to Thriving Minds, man. I, I know there's a a huge need for, for it because it's helped me. It's My thinking is part of the purpose of this was, like, to help that younger Walter. You know, like how I talked about I wish I had, like, an older brother or older sister to, you know, guide me along the way. And for most of it, it's just, like, you figure it out, right? Yeah, for real. Especially being the first generation here. Yeah. First generation wow. in the U.S. and learning how things work up here and how it is. And sometimes, like, I think, shit, when you have, like, older siblings and people who kind of been through the system or similar experiences, they can share their experiences and you can learn and grow from that. But when you don't have anybody you know, 
you kind of try to find people and sometimes there's nobody to grasp onto and you're you're in the water by yourself. And yeah. sometimes your arms get tired, bro. <laughs> you get tired of just trying to swim and trying to find, you know, which way is up, which way is down after a while. It's just like, and then you're watching around, you're trying to mimic other people's success and their success is not your success. You have to find out what works for you. Yeah. And who you, are, you know? You know, and you make a good point, right? Like we're spending our energy trying to stay afloat and then other people and but other people are in a little bit better position you know like i kind of think of uh i mean these guys have done great things and it's been their work ethic right but like if you look at guys like tom brady he actually had four older sisters you know so they were kind of a resource he obviously had a strong mom and dad kobe bryant you know he had love and supporting parents uh but you know who joe burrow is the quarterback of the cincinnati Bengals. uh no nah, i'm not really familiar i heard the name a couple of times though so you know he, he actually in his second season with the Bengals, he led them to the super bowl and in the second season at lsu he led them to the national championship and when you come to find out more about him you know, he had two older brothers that were at least eight years older than him. And he had a dad who was a, a high school football coach. And in one interview, they asked him, hey, uh, what do you attribute a lot of your success to? And he says, well, I got two other brothers, two older brothers that played football, uh, high school and college. They were linebackers. And then I got a dad who's coached. So he says a lot of my success has come from them pointing things out to me of what they did wrong, what they did right. And he applied it, you know, so, and he, he obviously went through hardships too. Right. But that can be uh, quite an advantage, the information you have in applying it. Right. Mm -hmm. That's a purpose of, of, of thriving minds, right. To, to be that resource, even if it's not a physical one, you have like a version to, revert back to right like hey uh where do i get my focus to because uh, honestly like today yeah i was kind of in a in a funk and i should have journaled and used that journal you know oh, just uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. just me being lazy and i needed to get back to yeah that's just a a daily ritual of mine sometimes i'll do it in the morning sometimes in the evening and maybe today i was expecting to do it in the evening and i should have done it earlier um what, so, yeah. Journal? yeah, yeah. I just, you know, do it on Thriving Minds, the electronic version. Because okay. uh, I can always re reference back to it, you know, because I know like months and, and maybe even a year later, I'm going to look back and I'm like, damn, Walter, you know, that was a special time that you got with these with these young men to be a part of their journey and, and it's helped me grow. Yeah, I, I remember you were telling me you could go on the Thriving Minds and use the journal too and there's some things I probably I need to probably journal. I just feel like, man, it just feels like there's never enough time, dog. Yeah. I mean, there is, but it just feels like there's, there's not. Like, lately, I feel like I need to be in touch with more people, like my family and, like, certain friends I haven't spoken to in years. Like, I just talked to Fat Chris the other day. I going to say Fat Chris, but, yeah, you know what I'm talking about, Chris. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, I talked to Duran the other day. And then I have, like, family members I ain't talked to in a while. I keep saying I'm going to call. 
and then it's like trying to study, trying to maintain, uh, like just trying to maintain, <laughs> trying to find work, trying to pay bills, trying to make sure everything's running right, trying to like be a good uh, partner to my lady. And it's just, sometimes it's just a lot, you know? Yeah. yeah. And, and that's kind of like the, the mentally draining piece, right? Even though we're not physically drained, but if we're mentally drained, then that affects us physically, right? Yeah. It's like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I ain't gonna lie. When you made that sound, I just felt guilty. I was like, man, I need, maybe that's what it is. Maybe that's what it is. That's why I feel so tired. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. No, but it's not just that. It's whenever we feel good, right? Like prior to uh, you, you texting me, I uh, I actually, you know, had like a big breakfast. I made a homemade biscuit with sausage and egg and cheese. And then I was like, oh, I'm going to sit on the couch and watch football. Oh, relax. <laughs> yeah. So, so that's, the, that's the state of, that's the state of uh, being content, right? And I think that's why, I don't know, maybe I might be speaking out of lines here out of bounds but i think that's why most people are not for personal development because remember how you stated like hey man this can be a dangerous thing because like it's going to open up people to things that they're not comfortable with about themselves right and we rather feel good feel happy about ourselves and avoid some of the you know, some of those things the growing that pains. Yeah. The growing pains, man. The gains, the gains hurt, right? I guess when you're in the gym and you you tearing your muscles, it hurts. But it's like a growing pain. You're Definitely so right, man. But um I yeah, it's it's dangerous because I feel like as an adult, more so than when you're a kid, because the kids, they're innocent, man. They they have a vision of what they want for themselves. And it's it's so pure, you know? And yeah. for adults, it, it, at one point it was that way. Not saying for all adults, because there's some creators that they still live like with a childlike heart and they just move to the sound of their own drum. But for the majority, it's like being caught in like just the rhythm of things going to work waking up brushing your teeth putting on your shoes hopping in your car gassing it up getting a cup of coffee going to work like bullshit or work and try to figure out st become stressed about certain situations trying to problem solve and fix certain things and hop in your car head home eat shower and it's like repeat it's just like a cycle and then you realize like damn this is my life now yeah you know it, and this is it, when you hear like certain ideas that kind of remind you like hey like i had a voice behind before just saying yes to everything or no or whatever but you had a different voice you you had a different vision and it's just like you, you shake up people's foundation in a way because some people are content with what they have going on because, you know, they're maintaining. It's not shaking up their world. They're not 
they don't have to they have to worry about bills but they know the bills are going to get paid yeah you know they know they have a roof over their head like certain risks require those growing pains not everybody's willing to endure you know uh, they want the destination they want to just get there without going through the process going through the journey and that's where you find the gems i feel like in the within the journey and along the way you know and just being really thankful and showing gratitude to the universe in the process and i feel like things kind of turn in your favor but it's scary you know when you look at people who are homeless how do you think they got there yeah like you know and some yeah. of these people used to have they have real they have big stories i feel like a lot of those people have big stories you know because most i ain't gonna lie one job site i was at i was working with this older older dude and he was he was a crackhead he was an ex-crackhead you know like most of the laborers in construction they get paid like minimum wage and they come and they just sweep and they do like a lot of grunt work and a lot of them are on drugs still and some of them are used to be on drugs and they have stories to tell man it's so interesting you don't know if it's true or not because they used to be on drugs but for the most part this dude's story seemed kind of true you know he just lived a crazy life like he talked talked about taking uh cat his cadillac and driving to california new york uh freaking getting kicked out from his parents house and getting in fights with his family members and just traveling and seeing the world and you know he's still allowed to talk about it would yeah. i want his life no i love my life i don't want his life but he just seemed like he lived a really interesting life and he just was fortunate enough to kind of like maintain and have a job have an old lady and have some kind of roof over their head you know might not be the best but he makes you know he come to work every day and he make his little change and does with he makes it work for him he's not yeah. a millionaire but i'm pretty sure his his story is more interesting than a lot of people who just you know go with yeah. the floor things but would you would you say that he's very or would you say he's enjoying um the journey i think he did i think he 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 enjoyed all of it like because when he tells his story it's like a light comes up in his eyes man you know and he talks so passionately and charismatically and it made me feel like i was there like i could kind of see the story with him even if it's real or not you know because yeah. sometimes you know some people will say some certain things and be like man this dude's full of shit. but <laughs> it was a beautiful story like everything he was saying that he went through was like he made me feel like i was there oh yeah you know? and that's a great thing you point out is about focusing on the process and i remember one conversation i actually had with um after like uh you know with the team we just lost a a game where it was really lopsided i think it was like 48 to 6 or something like that and mm. like and uh you know they uh the coaches said hey you want to say anything and i said you know what guys just focus on the process focus on each day practicing getting better and don't focus on on the results you know because when you focus on the results you know when you when you ever balanced on something like if you're walking across we pro typically most of us don't walk on a balance beam but something similar right something where you gotta uh put one foot in front of the other and you're trying to balance to like on a curb right 
And um, if you, our focus should be down on the curb where one foot goes in front of the other. But if you look straight out ahead, you're more likely to be off balance and get knocked off, right? And, and you know, I was just trying to emphasize to them, like, when you focus on the process, eventually the results take care of themselves. And then that's a portion of your energy that's not focused on that. You're focused on all on right now getting better, right? Yeah, yeah, getting better right away. Everything is, everybody wants everything, microwave, instant hot, right there. Right there, like they want the results now. And yeah, you get like you're you're so right about just looking down, keeping your head down, and taking one step at a time, going one foot in front of the other, looking ahead is like basically looking at the aspirations of everything you want to achieve. And there's nothing wrong with that. You gotta have a. They say you should have a a one year, three year, and a five year plan or something like that. Yeah. And I mean, you got to be able to look ahead, but I feel like in those moments when you feel defeated, I feel like you got to go back to work and just keep your head down. Yeah. You know, just go back to work, just grind, just grind. And when you look up, I feel like you'll most of the time you're ahead. If you really just focus on like exercising yourself to new limits instead of focusing on damn shit i just took a major l because that alone will i feel like kind of set you back when you start looking at damn i could have i could have did this but it's in yeah. a rear view now you know it's in a rear view you gotta just keep going yeah yeah and well and those could be you know, we can look back on it and dwell on it, but we can also look back on it and learn from it. Like, hey, I missed out on this. So the next time I I will be prepared for it. What's yeah. that? What's that term that they say? The best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago. The next best time is right now. Right. So I heard that one. Yeah. So if <laughs> right. Would you agree? Yeah. Yeah. Right now is the best time, man. I like, you know, Nick Saban, the head coach of the Alabama Crimson Tide, the college football team. Yeah. I, I you know, I, I like what he says about you, uh, about human nature is that uh, human nature is not to be great. It's to be mediocre, to just get by. And then he talks about all the great players he's had. And he says, the great players who've come through here is because they've tasted a little bit of that success. And then they want to find out, how do I repeat that? And then they just realize that it was doing all the little things, focusing on the process, because eventually the results are going to take care of themselves, right? Yeah. But like you said, you know, we're content with uh, what we got. And um, being better doesn't mean you're not good enough right now, right? It, growth is a beautiful thing. And like you said, it's painful. But um, it's necessary. You know, I think we're going to be satisfied and, and fulfilled with our lives when we're constantly pursuing growth. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I feel like when you pursue growth, you you and you welcome stress. I feel like growth 
and stress kind of go hand in hand and you in order to grow you're gonna you're gonna go through stress and it's required in order for you to grow because you you need to you need to go through certain things in life if you want to see if you want to grow like it's just like wanting a managerial position or um being a better player or a better spouse you have to do some type of work and then there's sometimes the stress comes before the work because you might find out you're lacking in something and then get a review from your job or your partner and then it's like it's like damn you get some people get bummed out but part of the growth is kind of going through the stresses of all right what can i do better you know you don't necessarily it doesn't i don't want to use the term stress but it is what it is like you have to go out there and find the answers you no, know no, and uh actually that's a good point stress is a good thing because would you say that most people see stress as a bad thing? Yeah, for sure. And and there's almost like in anything, right? There's an optimal amount that's necessary, an optimal yeah. amount of stress. Because like when you talked about before going to the gym, what we're doing is we're stressing our body. Mm-hmm. So for for the muscles to get stronger, you need to stress, you know, your muscles. And but go ahead. Yeah, no, like you have to stress yourself out. Like you have to be stressed in order. Like I'm learning that in my, where I'm at now because I'm still learning because I'm not going to lie. My, my work environment is chaotic. It's like, there's no, um, they should have meetings. First off, where all the (laughs) trades come together, they have no meetings to kind of coordinate where, who's doing what. So the concrete guys, they're going to do a pour. They're going to do a pour before you run your pipe. If they do that, then the, that same concrete sidewall has to get cut up now, and I still have to run my pipe. Then that's going to – a truck of concrete, like for them to do a pour, usually costs around ten grand. And those guys, when they come, they're pouring. They're not stopping for anybody because <laughs> that's what it is. Yeah. And now we have a problem because they're at the the end result they're expecting lights to be on the street lights but they can't get that because nobody is coordinating what's going on so it's always stressful because i might be on a certain project they might have me up on the eighth floor and i need to be outside and then i find out last minute that these guys are doing a poor so i have to run grab material grab my guys and i have to explain to them like what we're doing and then there's a language barrier because they don't some of the my my the people I work with, they only speak Spanish. So then it's like, I have to learn little words and I have to learn more Spanish in order to kind of communicate a little bit better. But my company isn't like seeing all of that, you know? They're just throwing me out there in the field and expect me to be a foreman and they're not giving me no blueprint to this shit. You know what I'm saying? It's like, I got to figure it out. And it's just the stresses of like we were saying, not having that older person or that mentor to kind of guide us, which as an apprentice, I'm supposed to have a mentor. And that's something I want to get a, get a talk about too. And out here, like a lot of these apprenticeship programs, like don't have real mentors. Mm. They, they just it seems like from what I've been experiencing, like they just throw you out there and you got to figure it out. And I feel like one out of every ten apprentices might have a good mentor, and it's, it's and it's messed up, you know. Yeah. So have you have you discussed with your 
with your uh the people who bro, coordinate these things they're like not, they're not they're not bro it's blue collar like come to work hey man it is what it is type of environment be a man about it type like a toxic ass work environment just wow. toxic it's just toxic yeah. on all levels it's just so chaotic you know and i have people that agree with me and say it should be like this and they still do nothing and they're they're the leaders they're the people that are supposed to be out there yeah you know, they're, they're the ones who are supposed to be encouraging meetings they're the ones and they keep saying they don't want to do it they don't want to hold it like i don't know yeah it just makes me kind of want to maybe go to a different job site and i don't want to feel like i'm quitting but because my superintendent, he did give me a chance and he, he gives me good reviews, you know, because he knows I go out there and I, I try. But it's just like the level of stress, man. I used to drink monsters like every once a day. Damn. I never I was never into monsters or coffee or any of that shit, bro. Then yeah. I had like I ended up like having like a like a certain kind of rage to me after the, drinking some of that shit because I get irritated quick. And I would snap on people, and it's just like I had to lay off of that shit. Like yeah. this was recent too. I cut the lock on somebody's gang box because I thought they took my battery. Like the normal me would never do nothing like that. Yeah, yeah. I would, I would usually ask, but I just took my grinder and I cut the lock off just to find out this dude didn't even have my battery. I felt like a <laughs> fucking asshole. But yeah, man. It was just like fuck that. I think you took it. Fuck that. I'm going in your shit. And what do you? What? Is, what the fuck are you gonna do? And I'm telling you, it's the monster, bro. That shit had me irritated. I was just, yeah, I was just over it. But um, that work environment is definitely stressful. But I feel like I've been telling myself, I feel like God is probably preparing me for 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 something because we're all getting prepared for something. But I just feel like with, with responsibility, you're going to be put in stressful situations and you have to know how to deal with it. Yeah, yeah. You know? But Everybody just- wants, wants, wants what... what uh what the elon musk has or freaking jay-z or tom brady has but nobody wants to go through the stress everybody wants to be kobe but nobody wants to go to the gym four in the morning and practice hey that that's that's such a a great point because especially now with social media right we're seeing we're seeing the snippets of just the destination right but we don't see all the uh you ever heard the term you know people like the sausage but nobody wants to see how the sausage made, right? Right. Uh, nope. And there's a point where Tom Brady almost quit football at Michigan. You know, I don't know. Do most people realize that? But at the same time, you know, like your situation that you're going through, like you said, they're they're throwing you out there and there's no blueprint of like helping you. You know what I mean? Like. We got to say specific actions on what needs to be done instead of not just, hey, do better. Thanks a lot. Like, yeah. what's better in your book? Yeah, for real. Yeah. Goes back to that same thing. Invest your money. Yeah, thanks a lot. <laughs> and w- what? Cheese doodles? <laughs> and here's a – so let me ask you this. That that work environment, that's going to affect you, right? It's going to affect your personality and then what you take home, right? Yeah, so much, so freaking much, man. You know, while they while they say there's enough resources out there, right? Of like, oh yeah, you ever heard of BetterHelp? Oh you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? I seen it. I seen it. Yeah. 
And um, well, what's interesting? You ever looked into how much that thing cost? Nah, never. It's, so it's pretty expensive. I can't remember off the top of my head. And that's the thing too, you know, like my whole purpose of Thriving Minds is, you know, personal development resource, but it's also accessible to the masses. Five bucks, right? Five bucks a month, right? For some, yeah, that can be a lot. For others, hey man, that's doable. Yeah. That's how much is a cup of coffee at Starbucks now? Yeah, it is. Right? Probably like seven bucks, eight bucks. Right? Yeah. And then, no no lie, man. So I actually review my journal entries. I'll I'll do like a, I try to do a weekly one, right? But for sure, I do a monthly ones and I just, you know, search back on, on particular ones. And then I kind of, you know, certain things surprise me like, damn, I said that, you know, whether good or bad. And then I feel like that makes me a little bit more self-aware for the next time. Hey, you know, that last time I was in a situation where I was all angry I figured out what I did wrong and what I what I need to do better. You know, something like that. But um, yeah, I feel like better help. It's been advertising. I've been seeing it everywhere. I haven't seen one of these um pages that I follow. That's uh, be a man. It's usually like a toxic um, a message, like uh, oh. your wife your wife's complaining. Uh huh. Push her down the stairs or some shit like that. You know, just ignore just ignore it and drink your beer or some shit like that. And um, oh, uh huh. They they they've been promoting better help now, you know. Now I'll send you one of the memes. It's pretty funny. Their their content is pretty funny. Oh, but it's more it's more meant to be like a a, a joking, some sort of joke, right? Yeah, it's basically like just telling telling men to be a man and just do some reckless shit and disregard oh. people's feelings. Be you know. I'll I'll send you a, a couple of them. They're pretty funny. Yeah, but um, they have one where they got serious and like, uh, you having an issue? You angry at somebody? Uh, go sign up with BetterHelp. I guess they're like a sponsor now or something. Oh yeah. So you know, I'm actually looking at it. An online, an online session with BetterHelp is like sixty to ninety bucks a session, just online per session. No, they got it. <laughs> they got it. They can hold it. I, I mean, like, would you pay that? I don't sixty bucks a session. I don't even know what I'm gonna get out the session. And, and you know, like for sure, some people really need this, right? But other yeah. people, would you agree? Like for me, I know Thriving Minds. I know I built it, but for sure, it's helped me mentally. Like I'm, I'm more like Walter. This is just a small moment in the grand scheme of how things are going. You know, and honestly, I, I wouldn't pay sixty bucks a session. Like. Hell no. Nah. They could at least <laughs> did one for free. They could have yeah. did a free one. And then after that, all right, do like a month for free or something. Or two weeks, like a, 10 days for free or something. Yeah. You know? But to jump out the gate and just pay 60 bucks, they better be offering more than fucking help. <laughs> I'm just saying, better help. The hell? Yeah. I mean, I'm pretty sure they offer <laughs> some, some great things, but... You know, for like most people, I, I mean, like we, we talked about today, right? Like at first I wasn't feeling it. You know, I was thinking about maybe I'll just process things mentally, right? Watching yeah. football. But I think most people would need something like what we're doing right now. It's just me and you talking. And if you don't got somebody to talk to, that's where Thriving Minds comes in, right? Where it's like, hey, 
damn, I got nobody to talk to. You know, I'm just going to write out what's on my mind, you know? Yeah. I think the then, hardest, that's, the, that's the hardest part sometimes for people to journal is like really just taking out the time to do it, especially for, I ain't going to lie, for men. I feel like for women, it's easier. I, I think like they're more in tune with uh, just writing a, and journaling to themselves. As mm. dudes, it's like we kind of put certain shit on a back burner and um, we'll click or write up like a game plan or a business plan, but um, like journaling about trying to like process and trying to write about certain things we experience in order to like process our feelings, help us learn how to process our feelings or review certain things we did to kind of look back and kind of gauge like, okay, maybe I could have done this differently or whatever, you know? And I don't think a lot of us take the time to do that. And I feel like now it's more of an awakening, like people are becoming more aware, but it's like, it's like a psychological warfare going on. It's like, you want to be an alpha male? Fuck that shit. Go to the gym, eat healthy. Yeah. Yeah, um, you know, uh, fucking go bust your ass and uh, join a seminar and uh, become a man's man and buy this type of cologne and dress like this. And you know, like, it's like if you're not doing that, then you're a fucking beta male or whatever. And then if you're more in tune with yourself, it's like you're, you're the alpha male, quote unquote, is telling you. You're the problem with society now. Like, y'all talking about feelings too much and shit like that. But you have to have a certain emotional intelligence to deal with the things that are in front of you, the things that you deal with daily. And especially if you want to go to the next level, you have to be emotionally intelligent to deal with these things. Yeah. Because somebody could say something and then you just take a fucking grinder to somebody's gang box. And open a lock <laughs> and find out your body's not in there. And then you look like a fucking dickhead. Did you so let me ask you, did you replace the the lock? Yeah, of course I did. I did like an asshole. I was like, yo, bro. I and I told him straight. It was so funny. Everybody was telling me, like, yo, just they were telling me to basically lie to him and make up a story about why I had to cut it. But in my heart, I was like, I'm gonna just be honest and then tell him. And uh-huh. the guy is such a, a humble dude, he was just like. Yeah, man, somebody stole my drill when I first came out here. You have to lock up your things. He even offered for me to lock up my stuff in his gang box, bro. Damn. You know? And everybody thought he was going to be, like, super upsetting. Like, it's going to start something, and I should just lie. But I was just like, I don't see it. Yeah. I didn't see it. I didn't care at that point, really. But afterwards, I did. I felt like a jerk. So I bought him a lot. And then it's so funny. The dude that tried to help me, who I let, I had allowed him to borrow my tool. And he forgot my battery. He still had my battery. And that's what, what happened. So he gave me a lot to put on the guy's uh, gang box. But then he called me when I got home. I was like, yo, I need that lock tomorrow, bro. I messed up horribly. I'm such a fool. I'm such a duck. I'm just like, what happened? He's like, I'll tell you tomorrow. I'll tell you tomorrow. He works for a plumbing company. And all their gang boxes use that same key for that lock that he gave me. Mm. So we... so. And the gang boxes, they probably have at least like probably like ten thousand, twelve thousand dollars worth of tools. You know? Yeah. Probably more. Probably more, you know, just sitting because they had like four gang boxes. And that one key that he gave me for that guy's lock that we or I was trying to replace opened all of those. So he 
I had to go buy one that morning. I ran around early before work trying to get a lock, and I ended up just going to Walmart and I I, I got him a new lock and everything. But um, uh, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's just we have to be able to process certain things. Yeah, better. and I feel like journaling journaling definitely helps. You know, would you, would that would journaling have helped you in that moment? You think? Um, if I was doing it beforehand, yeah, because I need probably if journaling maybe have helped me realize. All right, I have a um impulsive issues, oh, which I gotcha. know, you know, yeah, I, I get very impulsive, and I think that I can't say stem from gambling. I think it was before gambling. I was already impulsive, mm-hmm. but gambling exposed it, and then um those monsters and me being in a stressed out situation because that's what triggered it me trying to me trying to go complete a task because again there's a lack of coordination these guys are about to do like a pour and i need to fucking go grind out and chip with a chipping hammer this little area out and run a fucking pipe before they do all of that and it's like a big apartment building we got tools spread out and our materials spread out and it's like, I just felt alone, man. Like, they gave me a task to do, and I felt alone. I felt like I gotta, I'm got i doing this by myself, you know? Yeah, yeah. And well, I, I just needed what I needed at the time, and then I just, I don't know. Got, yeah. Got... Well, you know, to, to go back on that, that topic of, like, masculinity and alpha male, you know, there's a lot of, like, message on what a male should be right the head of the household or as he says goes right and uh, that's kind of like back to the stone age like the neanderthal period right Are, are we still operating like like animals out here where like the only the strongest survive and, yeah. you know but here's the thing that there's a misconception about the strongest surviving right it's not the strongest who survive. It's the most adaptable. If we look at the dinosaurs and a cockroach, who survived? Yeah, shit. <laughs> I mean, look it's at so this. So true, movie. man. So true. So so true. But we still think we still think with our our Neanderthal that ten thousand year old brain of like, I feel threatened, so I'm gonna punch or 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 physically force my way to what I want. And you know what's interesting? You know Warren Buffett, the billionaire investor, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. You know what's interesting? So his demeanor, you know, he's he's very obviously emotionally intelligent, um, but he's also, you know, intellectually intelligent. But I love what he says when they ask him, hey, they ask him if he had to choose between uh, intelligence and being able to regulate your emotions when it comes to investing he says oh without a doubt it'd be managing my emotions because he says in the stock market the stock market can get it wrong you know there can be a 30 percent drop over a couple of days or months when it has nothing to do with a certain business and then eventually think about it when you see a you know your portfolio going down by 30 percent Probably the initial reaction is, hey, I'm going to sell it right now, right? You're selling it at the bottom. And eventually, you know, it recovers and then some. 
So if he would have done that, he would have lost out on a lot of money. But his estimated net worth is $114 billion. Oh. I think that comes from not being the alpha male. I think hmm. that just comes from him being rational, him regulating his emotions to say, listen, you know, he's gone through, you know, so certain rough periods in his life like everybody else. But the difference is he he actually manages emotion. He won't always, you know, emotions are not a bad thing, right? They signal to us, hey, when you're angry, Juma, that means something's wrong, right? But it's up to you to figure out what's causing it. Right. Yeah. And and, um, Damn, you know, job. this this backwards thinking of like my way alpha male. <laughs> great. Great. You're the alpha male. And <coughs> I just come to think, like, is that all life is like being the alpha male? Because why do we want to be the alpha male? It's because we want others to respect us. Right. Would you agree? Yeah, I think so. As long as you respect yourself, why does it matter? I don't know. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think I feel like uh, my thoughts are respecting yourself is one thing, and not being so much. I think the issue is a lot of a lot of people are kind of like pushovers, or they experience being um, looked over, or um, not seen as who they see themselves as, you know? Mm. So they want to enforce that on other people and they want to be a force, a certain force. They want to feel, like you said, they want that respect. They want to see, they want other people to see them how they see themselves. Yeah. You know? And um, they, they overtly do certain things to garner that attention. And then I feel like sometimes, um, it's like a, a saying I had: the squeaky wheel gets the grease. Oh yeah. So if you if you act like a certain way and you act out loud, which to me that kind of exhibits like that's more something a a, a trait that a female will have, or a mm. child a child because a child when they need something they cry. Yeah. You know, and I feel like for certain people, if you're looking for people to treat you a certain way, act or behave a certain way, they're gonna. They it's it's almost like they're acting out, like you're you're playing this role until they start believing like I am the protector, I am this, I am that, you know, until they get punched in the mouth. And then yeah. it's like, are you that person still? Are you still a protector? Are you still like I don't know, man. It's just it's 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 a weird cocktail of things, I feel like, because this generation is really different. I'm not like looking down on anybody because I feel like everybody's experience in this life is going to be different. But there's a lot of young dudes out there. They don't even know how to change a tire. Mm, yeah. You know, I'm not saying you got to change, like, know how to fucking pull out a motor and put it back in and have everything <laughs> running. But if you get yeah. a flat and you're on the road with your family, you know, like. Yeah. It's, it's all right if you don't know, but you should know, you know? Yeah, yeah. Especially as a young man, you're on the road, and it's certain things I feel like they call toxic that's necessary. But I never – I'm not one for the bullying. I don't believe you should bully people or try to uh, enforce your will on or impose your will on other people. Yeah. 
you know? Like, I yeah. don't think that's cool. I don't think that's cool at all. Like, it's okay to take care of yourself, you know, work out and everything. I feel like, yeah, that's healthy. I don't think there's nobody should be able to take that away from you. But I feel like it should be done for the right reasons. A lot of things should be for, like, want to protect your family because you've seen, like, say, in certain people's family, there's certain abuses that go on. And you want to be able to protect the, the women in your family or the kids or anybody in your family from somebody from hurting them, you know? Yeah. I feel like those things are natural instincts. Yeah. You know? And um, I don't know. I'm not big on that whole alpha male shit. This shit pisses me off because if you have to say it, bro, then you're probably not. Yeah. Well, you know and, 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 you know, here's my thoughts on it is like, does it matter who's an alpha male? And you know what's interesting? Uh, like uh, a little bit about uh, horse behavior, you know, they actually have a, a hierarchy and ranking. And you know who usually is the alpha male? Who? Is a female. Did yeah. you know that? In most you kingdoms? Know, yeah. In most so, animal kingdoms, yeah, they run shit. So that, that's kind of funny. But, you know, to go back to the point of, like, if somebody sees themselves, if they respect themselves enough, uh, hopefully or ideally, right, we don't need the respect of everybody else. But we're social creatures and we need that on some level, right? But here's the thing. Do we ever come to ask ourselves, listen, if nobody respects me around here, why am I going to change myself? How about I just change my environment and move? Yeah. Whether yeah. it's a whether it's a job, whether it's whether it's a region, you know, like like say, let's say people don't respect me in in Nevada. Well, then how about I move to North Carolina? Right. Yeah. Because it's not, you know, why should we have to change who we are uh, so somebody can value us if we value ourselves? Is that enough? Because I think that is. Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. Absolutely um, but, right. But, you know, our constant need for, like, uh, a physical thing, a trophy or money or status to say, hey, I'm somebody. Well, you you were somebody. Did you need something? Did you need to do something to prove that you're worthy? You know, because if that's the case, then because we're just we're just comparing ourselves to to uh some sort of measurement we're just comparing ourselves to a measurement that uh, you're trying to fulfill and be be something that you probably not built to be yeah you're not built to, built to be essentially like that's not who you are you know and um i don't know the you know the saying fake it till you make it a lot of people yeah. uh they they use that and they weaponize that to get what they want. And um yeah. they sometimes they get so far gone, they start believing. Like I said, they believe they are who they think they are in their heads because they've been lying to themselves for so long until they get punched in the mouth. Not physically, but it could be a mental thing too, like a, something that happens in their life where it's just like, damn, a blow that they took where it makes them realize and they hit gravity like gravity reminds them like, hey, like you're not bigger or better than 
this person because you have this and you only got this by the means of using a facade or whatever you know but um yeah no no it's it's a it's a good point because um i think we all understand right we need a we have a need to belong to be accepted by others but we need to find out why why we should even want to why should we even want to be accepted by other people and this can be in school and at work or or on a personal level like oh this is my dream job and i have to have other people like me here or accept me or else it's not going to work out and sometimes that's the reality of you, you could have your dream job but the people around you just don't value you and and maybe maybe a change you. would be great yeah i i, I is as we're speaking it's it's so crazy like i just had this epiphany like it's what you're saying is true but even if you look at nature like when you look at nature everybody and even certain things want to be accepted like mm -hmm. when you look at the ocean there's schools of fish you know, mm -hmm. like everybody wants to kind of be accepted and roll within some type of ecosystem where they have, they feel like they, they play a role or a pack of wolves or like a tribe, like, or, um, what's the, what's the term they use for like lions? Is that a tribe? Uh, a what? Is that a tribe? A pack um... of lions? A pack of hyenas, or uh, I don't know what they call lions, um, but probably something similar. Yeah, the yeah, herd. But you get what I'm saying? Yeah, like yeah. everybody wants to be part of, of something, some type of ecosystem. Yeah, they want to feel like they belong to something. I think inherently, like nobody, like some people can survive alone, but I don't feel like anybody really, really wants to be alone. Like even a, a person that seems lonely, they even have like they they probably got a dog or something yeah. you know yeah. it's always something or like a little mouse or something like michael jackson did when he was younger <laughs> but nah yeah. for real like, i feel like everybody wants to belong bro or to some capacity yeah as much as they want to be outsiders like usually a band of outsiders finding other outsiders and they, they do something like out of this world sometimes you know yeah, but you know, sometimes that that's needed though. That it gets us to when we feel rejected, right? There's that need to be part of the tribe, you know, because it means yeah. if we're rejected, that means less less ability to survive, right? Because you can there's strength in numbers. But you know what's interesting is sometimes that pain is needed to get us to move. You know, Taylor Swift, she started writing songs because she she felt left out in school hmm. she's she's mentioned that like she started i guess that's what makes her so relatable to a lot of people right is she said you know she'd hear her classmates saying hey uh can't wait for this party to happen this weekend or they talked about whatever they did over the weekend and she felt left out yeah. you know so that was a motivator for her to start writing Albert Einstein, the same thing, right? He he felt like an outsider and he channeled that towards 
the great work that he did. So, um, but you're right. You know, we all do have a need, um, but sometimes that can be funneled in a in a very uh, constructive way. So that's always something to think about. Um, Cause I know for me, I, I feel, I constantly feel like an outsider. Yeah. Well, like, yeah, well, like, well, you but, those on your own thing. Watch your own, own, uh, what's the term? Watch your own, uh, drummer. Oh yeah. Uh, March, uh, March into my own beat yeah. or something like that. Yeah. But you know what, what's interesting. I, I was kind of like that. Cause I knew earlier on, I, I was a bit much Juma for real. Like I can tell like in elementary school, uh, I'll give you an example. So <coughs> one, um, one Halloween, I asked my mom, to make me a uh, Elvis costume at like seven <laughs> or six years old. <laughs> yeah, for real. And I remember my, my mom's really good friend. What do you call the people that, that tailor make? Yeah. Uh, tailor, I guess. Yeah. Like a tailor. Yeah. And I a remember, tailor. yeah, I remember her vividly. Like I was on the stand and she took all my measurements and I had this silky white, in blue with you know all these all these i don't i don't know if it's glitter but it was shiny you was I, fucking elvis yeah i was elvis <laughs> and, and i remember like there Yo. was actually um i think they were bell bottoms the you know the the pants but i felt like the i don't know i just felt like uh i just felt so empowered in that moment but maybe that helped me realize like walter not that that was a bad thing, but, you know, like playing football, right? You would see some of like the seriousness that would come out. And I always was conscious of that later on. Like, damn, Walter, you got to kind of tone it back because I do make people uncomfortable. And then I, I think I saw my role like, hey, Walter. Like, who the hell is this little kid? Yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the adults knew who he was. When the other kids were like, the fuck? Who's yeah. You know that helped me realize, like, damn, you, I'm the, you know, I'm the outsider. I just gotta, you know, because I can be too much for people, and 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 I think that's why I've gone from different place to different place because I haven't found that right fit. And honestly, I think the right fit is the environment I create. Awesome. Yeah, and but it's frustrating though, man. No lie, it it's it. That's where it's frustrating, right? Um, I don't really intend to be alone, right? And maybe that's why I got those mixed emotions, right? Because it was the final game of the season with the players, and I was like, "Damn, Walter, that's that's it. You, you you're outside again, you know." <laughs> outside, man. And it's and it's where do you go from here? Or yeah. What's your next? What's the next thing to motivate you? Your next. Um, yeah. Well, I, like I said, I got this vision to create this this platform that empowers people because the whole purpose is, you know, stronger together and to know that, hey, we're not all by ourselves. Right. You know, the struggles that I might be going through, somebody else might be going through and we can know that, hey, uh, uh, there are other people out there. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, other people out there who are like minded. It's about finding yeah. herd, man. Finding our own, creating our own tribe, the people who want to yeah. be better. And sometimes the people who don't know they want to be better, but 
It's like they're just so engulfed in like everything that's wrong. And they just need to hear a voice or be reminded like it's a process and what you're experiencing is not uh, it's not permanent. Everybody everybody goes through tough times and bad times and they get lost along the way. And um, sometimes you just need a voice of encouragement to kind of push you on. You summed it up. Thank you so much, Juma, for my, my good friend, is. Juma Clark, for uh, joining me and just, you know, getting his thoughts on uh, <laughs> handling mixed emotions and and why it's healthy to yeah. process what you're going through. Right. And especially yeah. for males. Right. Would you agree? Yeah, man. I think we all need to we can do better. I know it's a lot of pressure on us as is, but um, I think it's important that we do better for ourselves. You know? I think yeah. it's important that we want better for ourselves and we want to, it's not always going to about, about being happy, but um, it's about sometimes doing the work and being in a healthy, a healthy place. And I don't think always being happy is healthy because you got to deal. Life is, is, it's about ups and downs. I know it sounds cliche, but it is it's not, you got to deal with stress, you know, and it's, it's about your attitude. One, I met somebody at my one of my jobs, an Argentinian dude, man. He was cool as hell, um, Ariel. And he used to fuck up a lot, but his thing was, um, it's about your attitude, always having a positive attitude. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, um, yeah. well I did want to say one more thing about, you know, the alpha male. It was, it was impressive to see. Uh, so that last game when – when we ended up losing by two points, we, we lost by Dang, just two. Uh, I haven't yeah, asked you. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was 32 to 30 and it, it was a lot of things going on, but I saw quite a few of our players crying and I was so, I was so impressed by them that they just let it hang out. I, I try to comfort them saying, listen, you guys had a hard fought season and it was impressive how they continue to respond even in the face of adversity. So for all you men, all you males out there, know that you don't got to put up this front. Let your emotions out. You know, you don't got to be a, I don't want to say a, a wimp, but just know that like, hey, there's times to say, man, uh, you just got to let it hang out, right? Yeah, man. I love a fucking good cry. I love a yeah. good cry. <laughs> Yeah. Gotta get it out sometimes, man. I gotta get it out somewhere. I know, like a lot of a lot of dudes probably wait till they're alone in the shower or something. Like if you haven't experienced heartbreak or anything, uh, I I feel like I don't know, man. You gotta feel. You gotta. It's okay to feel. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It doesn't make you weak to feel. You know, you don't have to expose everybody to it, but you should expose yourself to yourself. You get what I mean? Like, be true to yourself, you know? You got to yeah, be able to process those things, man. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. Say it again. Uh, expose to yourself. Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, I, Like, exposing yourself to yourself and not yeah. being, not trying to hide who you are, man. Hide, hide how you feel to yourself, you know? I get it. Like, you have to maintain your composure around other people. I, I get it, but if you can, man, just be true to yourself, you know, and expose yourself to yourself and like be honest with yourself 
at all times. Yeah, great. Well said, man. Well said. So, well, thanks everybody for joining us. If you're interested in more topics like this, become a Thriving Minds member at www.thrivingminds.live.